Welcome back to another episode of What Happens at Work, where we hear firsthand employee experiences and discuss them with experts to uncover what actually happens at work. I'm Amy Frampton, host and head of marketing at Bamboo HR, and I'm super excited to be here with you. Now, first days can be terrifying, exhilarating, or nerve-wracking, often all three. We worry about what we'll wear, how we'll be perceived, where we'll eat lunch. But first days are a lot more than that. They're your first taste of what it really feels like to work for a company. It's an incredibly vulnerable feeling and one where you have to put a ton of trust in your new relationship with your employer. Here's Ian with a very memorable first day on the job. I was just young into my career and got this great job offer for a local company. So at this point, Ian is fresh out of college and super energetic. He's so excited about this new job at one of the top agencies in his town. I get a call from my boss's boss, the director, and he says, you know, we want you, you are awesome. We need you to start on Monday, but unfortunately I'm not going to be there due to some previous commitment and your direct supervisor, the manager is also not going to be there. Just show up at nine o'clock and we'll get started. And so Monday morning, you know, I show up nine o'clock and enter the reception area and it's kind of quiet. And I see that there's this big conference room with, you know, glass. And I can see a bunch of people in there. They're having a staff meeting already in progress. And I see like the office manager who acts as the receptionist and she comes out and can I help you? Can I help you? You know, what do you need? I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm Ian. I'm starting today. Uh, she's like, well, we're in a staff meeting. So maybe the best thing is for you to just come on in. So she takes me into the room. The orientation of this conference room is such that you just enter from the front of the room. This conference room, table's full. People are sitting on a second row of chairs. There's people standing. I'm just like, I'm dying. I'm somewhat of an introvert. There's a couple partners to this agency. One of the partners that I hadn't met was conducting the meeting and, okay, who are you? I'm announcing to this whole company, you know, who I am. Nobody say anything because they can see I'm embarrassed and nobody knows what's going on. But the partner who's conducting the meeting, who doesn't know the situation, I'm sure he's thinking, Oh, this new kid shows up late to work on his first day. We have this tradition of people singing their fight song of their alma mater. And so I get asked to sing this fight song, which at this point I'm so nervous, I can't even remember. And I actually knew the fight song, but I could not remember anything about the fight song. I'm just like, no, I, I can't, I, I don't know it like not going to give up you know like no you're gonna sing this song and i could just sort of see like in his face you're you're not playing along so to speak uh after the meeting's over the other partner who i had interviewed with it's like hey and it's glad you're here um tell me a little bit about how you happen to be here today i'll call his name bill bill called me on friday and just told me to show up today he's just like okay okay interesting i think that first day you should be feeling like you are king. You are best thing out there. And everybody's just so grateful that you are here. And they're like, can't believe that you actually chose to come to this company. It took me a while to feel that I was truly wanted and accepted. Because had, you had overcome this, like, did I just get this job because this guy just went rogue and just hired me? The partner that was asking me to sing that song in the beginning, I think particularly when he came around and became my friend, you know, would stop 
in the hallway and chat with me and have some conversations about marketing where I, I sensed that he was taking the time to invest in me on a personal basis. That's when I started to see like, oh, okay, they are willing to invest in me. And that's when I started to feel like, okay, I'm a good fit. They do want me. That thing that happened in the beginning was, was an anomaly. I think it's totally overcomable also. You can do big events that kind of make up for that. But most importantly, it's the small events. It is the micro, how you just treat people at any given time, that tone, that attitude, how you listen to people, how you let people express themselves on those just daily moments are, are vital. They did a good job of those micro moments. I'd been there about a year and a half and I had a really tragic family experience happen. Had a, a daughter born, she was born with a terminal condition. So I stayed home for two weeks to take care of her, to take care of my wife. This company, like they just didn't make me take PTO. They were very, just very generous in how they just consoled me, just caring. If it hadn't been for a lot of the good things of the company, this one employee really would have set me off on the wrong foot. and. I could have had, you know, bad experience there all in all. It didn't always dawn on me how important that first day was because I hadn't had a good first day, but yet I still had a good experience at the job. I think my attitude was more like life's hard and jobs are hard. And if I can make a great first day, I will, but like, I'm not sure I need to go out of my way to coddle somebody on the first day and make sure they have this because listen, like I didn't have a good first day and and I'm fine. But eventually, after watching dozens of new hire onboardings over the years and seeing just how easy it is for them to slip through the cracks, Ian began to understand how important onboarding is to the employee experience. It took a few years and a couple of other companies, and I think just a more awareness to this concept of onboarding to realize how, how important that was, how to take care of employees and how big of a deal it is to hire somebody, what a risk you are incurring when you hire somebody. My experience then, my experience since then, has taught me that hiring and onboarding are just so vital at the company level, that everybody needs to be aligned, making sure that when they come on board that they don't quit in the first week, they don't quit in the first month because the hiring process was so incomplete or so short-sighted. You know, that's been an emphasis for me is hiring, onboarding, and making sure that the people that I'm bringing into the business are going to succeed. What a competitive advantage that is to a business. I'm thrilled to be joined now by Gia Kazarian, a first impressions consultant and an expert in organizational development and leadership development. She meets with clients for everything from job interviews to first date scenarios and provides on-the-spot feedback based on the fundamentals of first impressions. I'm excited to share her insight and advice on all things first days and first impressions. My first reaction was poor Ian. Oh my goodness, to be put on the spot like that and to not have a warm handoff or even a contact person to introduce Ian and make him feel comfortable on the first day. There were so many things that could have been better for him on his first day and maybe some things that he could have done on his, before his first day as well, which most people may not necessarily think about. There's different things that he could have done to make sure the smooth transition, even though that wasn't totally his responsibility, he could still be proactive, which would be a tip that I would give to 
all clients is to confirm ahead of time. And then on the flip side, you know, the organization, I thought, put him in a really uncomfortable position on his first day. And it's hard to reverse a negative first impression. There could have been so much rework that could have been avoided in establishing a good first impression on the first day. That's a great way to put it, because that rework is is probably many times more than if had it been done right the first time, right? And Ian talked a little bit about that. 100%. And that happens a lot, just even in work itself. People go so fast and maybe not get all the the pre-work done and there has to be rework. So what I tell my clients is go slow to go fast. So that way you don't have to do all that rework. It may take a little bit more time up front, which people, I know we're all out of time. We all need more time. However, if you spend the quality time up front, then you are more likely to have smooth sailing where you don't have to have all of that back and forth, which can translate to hours of work, which can translate to also like an employee leaving. And then you have to rehire, retrain and all of the stuff. I love that slow is smooth and smooth is fast sort of Mm -hmm. philosophy. And what prep can do for you, I used to work for an executive. Everyone said he's such a natural on stage. And he was. But I also knew because we were traveling together that he was practicing and practicing and practicing so that when he stepped on stage, he was natural. Exactly. I always tell people good leadership doesn't just happen. There's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes on. Good presentations don't just happen. There's hours of prep work. There's hours of practicing. So you know you've done a good job when someone in the audience says, wow, your job is really easy. In reality... There's so much prep work ahead of time. So I have people role play with me and I was like, look, I know it's clunky and I know it's awkward and all the things, but it's better to do it with me than to do it in live when it actually matters. And what that does for the person from a psychological point of view, it gives them confidence. So when you're ready for it, you're confident and that shows people can pick up very intuitively if you're nervous or not quite sure of your information or hedging a little bit. So get yourself prepared for whatever the situation is. So that way you are confident and can deliver the message that you want to deliver. That's good advice for all of us. That's something we could all do. One of the things I think about is those managers that he walked into the room into and employees, they hadn't been prepared, right? If you could go in the room and say, freeze, you know, and stop it from happening the way it did, what would be the couple of things that you would give advice for those managers? Whoever was running the meeting, I would tell them to be professional and take charge. Clearly, everybody was not prepared. It was a surprise on both ends. So if that were me and I was the one running the meeting, I would make it very professional and say like, oh my gosh, there might have been a missing communication here. I'm sorry we didn't know you were coming, but please welcome, introduce yourself. We're happy that you're here and we'll we'll smooth out all the details later, but come and join us. Make them so comfortable. So for those folks, the managers running the meeting, I would make Ian feel welcome, pull him up a chair and have him introduce himself, have everybody else introduce themselves so it breaks the ice. I'd love to hear from you a little bit more about themes that come to mind around onboarding and hiring, because it is that first moment, right? It's really your company's first impression. You hit the nail on the head. It's two-pronged first impression. So the employee's first impression of the company and the company's first impression of the employee. And it's a two-way relationship. Both parties are feeling each other out. So 
some of the most successful companies that I've worked with is they make the onboarding a priority and they make it attractive. They have somebody that greets them, somebody that walks them around, introduces the new employee. It really kind of takes them under their wing to make that employee feel comfortable. And guess what? That employee's going to have a good first date and they're already nervous, I'm sure. Let alone you walk into an organization, nobody knows what's going on. You You were very important in the interview. Now, all of a sudden you're there. It's like, oh, you're, you know, maybe you're not that important because you're, we have a million things to do. And that casts a great cloud over somebody and you, they're going to have that first impression, that filter that you're going to look through everything and come home and be like, what did I just do? Is that, I don't think this is the right place for me. Then they have that doubt, which could lead to the employee exiting, which could lead to now we have to go back and rehire and retrain where you could just nip it all in the butt right there. I wondered about, you know, being asked to sing your school fight song, like being put on the spot as part of the first impression. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're super extroverted and like acting and all of that kind of stuff, and you that might be your jam. But I would think the majority would not be comfortable. I know that would be like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I was in the fourth grade and I was in choir and the choir teacher called on me to sing a solo. I was like, please don't make me do this. Like, please, please, please. And she made me do it. I hated it. Nobody really likes to be embarrassed or nobody really likes to be put on the spot. Yeah. I'd love to hear a lot about your thoughts on Ian's transformation, right? He started to think differently about first impressions and onboarding Mm -hmm. after that situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. He said, life is hard, but small events matter. So events, attitudes, how you listen, how you express yourself, those are all micro events, which makes the macro. So all of that really does add up and it does impact employees' perspective and their performance and their relationships. It's not just a one segment thing. It all intertwines together. Hiring and onboarding then becomes part of the organizational culture. You want engaged employees, people wanting to work at your company. People are proud to work at your company. And that's all positive organizational cultures. And onboarding and hiring is directly correlated with that because those are the employees. I think it's great that he was able to realize that. Yeah, it sounded like quite a transformation from him. And, you know, part of it being he had a situation that he wasn't thrilled with, and he learned from that um, Mm -hmm. and was able to turn that into something he does really, really well. As we were talking about onboarding is the first impression for a company, the candidate, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly their first day and and the company's real first chance to to make an impression. I'd love to hear more about your word just about first impressions in general. Onboarding being one type, but we all have first impressions every day. There's an interesting psychology behind first impressions and what you can do to portray your best self. And it all starts with self-awareness. Everything starts with self-awareness. Leadership starts with self-awareness. Parenthood starts with self-awareness. Once you're aware of how you come across, you're able to inspire your coworkers, your children, your friends, and you have more impact on that relationship than you may even think. People gather information about you and everybody likes to think they're good judges of character. So then they're going to look for cues that are going to confirm what they initially thought. You're able to reverse a negative first impression, but it takes a lot of work and it's really hard to do. First impressions is really how you're making that other person feel about him or herself in the interaction. So that person walks away saying, wow, I really enjoyed myself in that interaction. They may not be thinking exactly what happened, but 
they have a good feeling after they've left that with you. There's some different fundamentals of first impressions that can be used in any environment, work, school, kids. The first one's accessibility. You know, how accessible are you? Are you smiling? Are you making eye contact? You could show interest in the other person by asking questions. Really what you want to do is try to find a connection where your lives intersect. You want to give to the relationship. You know, as we talk about onboarding and first impressions, employer impressions, how have you seen that affect employee retention? From my perspective, it's definitely correlated. The employee is assessing the organization as well as the organization with the employee. Who's not going to want to feel welcome and valued? We're fortunate that you've chosen us. We're so happy that you are here with us. Make that person feel good. Again, just connecting those in personal introductions, making sure that they have the right access to the information, checking in with them. Okay, how was your first day? If you ever need anything, just know I'm here for little things that can really retain employees. When new employees get hired, you know, a lot of attention is for that first week or so. But then it's like, okay, you're good. All right, call me if you need anything. But just that constant check-in, there's always a learning curve to every single job. That person's trying to fit into an organizational culture that may have been established for several years. So, you know, hey, just checking in. And I think that's a key part is when you ask questions, when you welcome people, be sincere about it. Be genuinely interested. That's how trust is built. That's great. It's so, you know, retention right now is so hard for so many companies. And so as they think mm -hmm. about not only what is that first impression, what's the onboarding, how does that matter? from the moment that people walk in. One of the phenomenon we're all dealing with more and more over the last couple of years is virtual work. And I know you talked about eye contact. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's hard for me on a video call is I'm trying to look at the person, but I know yeah. that it looks like I'm looking down because I'm yeah. not looking at my camera, right? So how do you think about first impressions in that kind of virtual world? Because we're all in it now. That obviously came up with the pandemic. And how do you present yourself over a screen? It's really hard to do. So the first thing is make yourself fresh, make yourself presentable. Do everything as if you were doing it in person. So if you have an interview, get yourself dressed up in your suit, put your heels on, don't be taking the call from your bed in your pajamas. Now, when the kids were home on Zoom and the dog's here and, you know, it's just a hot mess, call it out ahead of time. So set the expectation for your meeting and say, I just want to let you know, my kids are doing homeschool in the other room. They're going to go on break. If they need something from me, do you mind if I just put you on mute for a couple minutes, Go turn my camera off, go take care of it and come back? 100% of the time, the people are like, yes, of course, they understand. So what that does is it sets the expectation and then you're not mentally consumed of like, oh my gosh, I hope they don't come in here. I hope the dog stops barking. You've already set up the parameters. And so when that does happen, you have a plan in place. You're not flustered. You do your business, come back and regroup. As you think about what you're seeing in employers today and what they're doing really well on their first impressions, their onboarding, and what do you think the big gaps are? What are those trends? The employers, I think now they're really investing in their employees. A lot of employees are seeing the value of developing their employees. And those are the, the companies that I work with that do that are leaps and bounds ahead of the ones that don't really value that. It's kind of like the go slow to go fast. You develop your employees, you show them you're valuable, you give them the right tools. 
you make the right connections for them. All that takes time, but it's setting them up for success versus the companies that's like, okay, we have all this to do, just hit the ground running and you get lost in the shuffle. Those people tend to move. So that's the trends that I'm seeing from my work that I do. So we've talked about onboarding. We've talked yep. about first impressions of what employers can do. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. First, I would confirm with the employee the day before. I will meet you at this time. Personally, walk them in. Have a coffee ready for them. Find out what their, drink, their favorite drink is before they show up. You're creating an experience for them. It's not just the first date. You're creating a first date experience. Then you walk them around. You introduce them to whoever's available. Take them to lunch. Don't leave them on their own to fend for themselves where they don't know anybody. Kind of plan their first day for them. Introduce them to the big boss. Say, you know, big boss, this is Amy. She came from wherever you came from and she's got hired for this. She's going to be a great asset to our team. I just wanted to personally introduce you. That takes 30 seconds and that can have such a huge impact. So I would say, how do you want to be treated on your first day? And do it. But those little things can really make somebody feel special. Thank you so much, Gia, for joining us today. This has been great. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, first days really are so important and not always in the ways we think. Ian's story and Gia's insights remind me just how important it is to create a culture around welcoming someone into the team. And that wherever you fit in an organization, whether you are the employer or you're the employee, you play a role in this. And sure, first impressions aren't everything, but they certainly have a real and lasting impact on retention, relationships, and on what happens at work. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of What Happens at Work. Check out more episodes packed with surprising stories and insightful conversations about everything from bad bosses to the gig economy. Thanks to Ian for sharing his story and to Gia Kazarian for her expertise. You can learn more from Gia at giakazarian.com. Thanks to our Bamboo HR team, Sweetfish Media, and our producer, Alana Nevins. You can learn more about Bamboo HR at bambooHR.com.